Hey there, welcome to this bonus episode of Rethinking Wellness. I'm Christy, and my guest today is journalist and author Rena Raphael, who's back to discuss how the wellness industry is changing to respond to more skeptical consumers and why that might actually make it even harder to tell what is truly evidence based. This is a free preview of a longer episode for paid subscribers. To hear the whole thing, subscribe at rethinkingwellness.substack.com. That's rethinkingwellness.substack.com. And now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Rena Raphael. So thanks, Rena, for coming back for this bonus Q&A. I'm really excited to talk with you more. Yeah, I'm excited to as well. Let's get into it. Yeah. So one question we didn't have a chance to get into on the main episode is where do we stand now? You know, what is changing about the wellness industry? Do you see it getting better or worse or just evolving in different ways? And and are consumers changing too? You sort of alluded to this a bit in the main interview, but I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah, I am seeing um, a bunch of changes over the last, I would say, year and a half. Um, One is that, you know, I think COVID-19 really inspired a lot of Americans to evaluate their health and wellness and also their health knowledge. So you saw a lot more consumers be interested in evidence-based medicine or looking for the science. On the flip side, the pandemic also pushed some groups to become more suspicious of the medical establishment, but a bit of common sense, but a bit of just also the COVID-19 sort of response you now see consumers be looking for a lot more evidence. I think part of it is also that during the pandemic, we also were barred from a lot of the things that we thought were like crucial to us. So, you know, the manicures, the spa treatments, the retreats, um, a lot of those were inaccessible during lockdown. So a lot of Americans coming out of the pandemic are like, what do I actually really need for my health? Do I really need all these things? And if I am going to do something, does it have any scientific evidence behind it? The other thing is that you'll see that Gen Z is really kind of rebelling against the last decade of wellness, specifically this sort of perfectionist, productivity-pressured version of it. They kind of associate that with, quote-unquote, you know, the girl boss era that was like working so hard. So you'll see a lot of Gen Zers say, I refuse to work that hard. It shouldn't be something that's a burden. I should be able to enjoy it. And you'll also hear them say things like, Wellness to me could be hanging out with my friends. It could be listening to Taylor Swift. It doesn't have to be something that I spent a ton of money on. Obviously, they have less money than other generations, but there's also something to be said about the fact that they don't automatically associate it with consumerism. And especially with Gen Z, I mean, a lot of them were raised by Gen X, you know, by skeptical parents. So I think they have a, just a bit more critical of an eye. And so when I interview a lot of college students, they'll tell me things like, if I want to have an Oreo, I can have an Oreo and I'm not going to drop dead. You know, it's your generation that was terrified of Oreos, like that's not going to kill me. So I think they have a bit of a more moderate approach to this stuff that I think is really sort of shifting the industry. Because what you're finding now is that a bunch of brands that are trying to get Gen Z, especially when it comes to food and snack brands, they're moving away from that fear mongering messaging. Because it doesn't work on that generation. That generation wants levity, they want humor, they want happiness, and they're not going to be terrified into a purchase as much as previous generations. So that's number one. Now, also, you'll find that coming out of the pandemic where we have a more common sense approach, you'll see that we don't have as many ridiculous items. So like, I don't know if you remember this, but like, let's talk about four or five years ago, 
every week there was a new ridiculous item. There'd be like CBD infused leggings and like <laughs> activated charcoal toothpicks. Like there was just something ridiculous all the time. And you've just sort of found that you don't see that as much anymore. And that's partially because the consumer bought a bunch of this stuff and it didn't work. They shoved it in a drawer and now they're like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to fall for it the next time. You know, I say that by now the average consumer has a cabinet filled to the brim with CBD stuff that doesn't work. And so now they're pausing a bit more before they buy all in on the next trend. So that is good. I think that we're seeing that these sentiments are affecting the industry. However, the drawback is that the industry is responding to it by doing more science washing. You've been listening to a free preview of this episode. To hear the rest and get tons more bonus content, become a paid subscriber by going to rethinkingwellness.substack.com. That's rethinkingwellness.substack.com. Thanks so much for listening. Listener.